Welcome back to the Squirt Sports Podcast. I'm on this podcast lane, Frank, we're now episode 93. So we're 93 episodes through, and I got action-packed episode planned for you. A lot going on in the NFL, a lot going on in college football. Great weeks we had in the NFL and college football. MLB playoff race coming down to the wire. Mets versus Braves. So many more great series coming up. NBA, we just had media day. We're going to talk about some things there. So much more. Stay tuned for an action-packed episode 93. Let's hop into it. We'll start with episode 93, how we always do with the headlines in the NBA. DeAndre Aiden is the first thing I want to talk about here. He said, it's fine. I'm all right with being in Phoenix. I'm just all right with being in Phoenix. I played college ball at Arizona. I'm fine with being in Phoenix. Oh, no, I haven't talked to Monty Williams since game seven or the Western Conference semifinals versus the Dallas Mavericks. He's their number one pick. He's not their franchise player, but he was their number one pick who they picked over Luka Doncic. Imagine Luka Doncic. And Devin Booker together. They wouldn't have Chris Paul, but Luka Doncic and Devin Booker together. That's better than Chris Paul and Devin Booker. That is. Now would they have won the NBA championship? These past two years, probably not. And they probably wouldn't have made the finals. But Chris Paul obviously helped Devin Booker get to the finals that year. I don't think Luka Doncic would have been able to propel him to that. But yeah, that would have been insane deal for years to come. But no, they took DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton said, oh, I haven't spoken to my head coach. I haven't spoken to anyone in the organization since the last game of the season. Is that on DeAndre Ayton or is that on the Suns? Leave your answer in the comment section. That's a really, really weird scenario. Is DeAndre Ayton the hardest worker in the NBA? Probably not. Is he even a hard worker at all? We don't know. It's going to be an interesting thing right here to see with DeAndre Ayton. He signed with the Indiana Pacers for about 13 hours, and then the Phoenix Suns matched his offer. He's probably pretty upset about that. He probably wishes he was the Indiana Pacer. Indiana Pacers certainly wish they had him. So yeah, it seemed like he had one foot out of the door with Phoenix after that Game 7, and then he had to come right back in. I don't know if he's fully back in there yet because he doesn't seem very locked in to be a Phoenix Sun. Yeah. He's happy. He's not a contending team. But is it the right contending team he wants to be on? That's my question right there. Leave your answer in the comment section. That's about DeAndre Aiden. Now, Lonzo Ball, another former top two pick. He was the year before. DeAndre Aiden, Lonzo Ball, number two pick from the Los Angeles Lakers, currently on the Chicago Bulls. Lonzo Ball started the season pretty well to the Chicago Bulls last season. The Chicago Bulls started the season pretty well last year. They had DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, Nikola Vucevic. Patrick Williams broke his wrist from the first few games of the season, and then he was out for the season. But they had Lonzo Ball playing pretty well at the start of the season. And they tore his meniscus. And everybody says, okay, torn meniscus, he's out probably two or three months, and then maybe he'll come back playoff time. We didn't come back playoff time. People were saying, okay, I guess that happens with torn meniscus. He'll be fully ready for next season. And then it comes out, Lonzo Ball is going to miss most of training camp and maybe the start of the NBA season. But we're saying, oh, that's, that's a little weird, but he'll come back. He'll come back right away once that bridge is over. Now Lonzo Ball says, I can't run. I can't jump. I haven't been able to do any of this stuff since I tore my meniscus. Doctors say it's unusual. It seems unusual. Zion Williamson tore his meniscus last two years ago. I think it was his rookie season when he tore his meniscus. And he was out half the season, but he came back. Lonzo Ball says he can't run and he can't jump. That's the interesting thing right there. Leave your thoughts on Lonzo Ball. Do you think Lonzo Ball can ever turn to perfect form like he used to be with the Chicago Bulls? His first season with the Chicago Bulls, he played pretty well. Maybe not the rest of his career, but he played pretty well last season up until he got injured. Do you think he can return to that? Leave your answer in the comment section. That's about for Lonzo Ball. Now, Emo Duck. I don't want to get too much into this scenario with the Celtics head coach. The Celtics can be without him. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. How do you think they adapt with that new head coach? It's going to be interesting to see. If they do end up firing Emo Doc at the end of the season, do you think they go after a new head coach? Or do you think they stay with their current one? What do you think happens to Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum in this scenario? Do the Celtics regress? Leave your answer in the comment section. Now, the last thing I want to talk about here in the NBA is the new look nets, everybody. New look nets are looking a little bit interesting. It's not that many new players, but Ben Simmons looks like he's going to be ready. He obviously explained the whole scenario with Doc Rivers. 
I don't know who's telling the truth there. Is it Ben Simmons or is it Doc Rivers? But KD said, yeah, things happen. I obviously said that to the owner, Joe Sy, that he should fire Steve Nash and Sean Marks to make me stay, but he didn't, and I'm still at Brooklyn Nets, so I probably didn't live it by promise. Kevin obviously didn't say that word for word, but Steve Nash said, nah, it doesn't really bother me that my best player, my star player, wants me fired. The reason why I don't think that bothers Steve Nash is because Kevin Durant wanted Steve Nash hard. Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant both want Steve Nash hard. You really think, without asking Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, they would have hired a first-time coach, not even head coach, first-time coach, yeah, I think that was the reason why. Kevin Durant still believes a little bit. Steve Nash and Kyrie Irving obviously has played very, very well under Steve Nash in his short time playing for him. The vaccination issue, injuries, interesting stuff right there. How do you think Nets will do this season? Leave your answers in the comment section. Let's move to the NFL. We had an action-packed weekend. Well, Mac Jones had a high ankle sprain, and usually a high ankle sprain means out four to eight weeks. And apparently it was a very severe high ankle sprain. And that usually means eight to 12 weeks. But Bill Belichick is saying, well, maybe Matt can go this week. I don't think Bill Belichick fully understands the extent of a high ankle sprain. Now, I'm not one to call out Bill Belichick on this stuff because I'm not in the Patriots locker room. I'm not a reporter for the Patriots. I'm not very close to the situation like Bill Belichick is. He says, if he can't go, Brian Hoyer is the starting quarterback. And Brian Hoyer knows the system. He knows this. He knows that. I'm not going to be one of those people who says, start the quarterback you pick from Western Kentucky and Bailey Zappe. I'm not going to be one of those people who says that. I just think this derails most of the Patriots' season. You have Matt Patricia as your play caller. Matt Patricia, who used to be your defense coordinator, now your offense coordinator. He used to be the Detroit Lions head coach, who was absolutely horrible there. Leave your thoughts in this comment section. They're ran by the man on the offense coordinator who has a pencil behind his ear. It's so weird. It's a very weird scenario with the New England Patriots. How do you think they'll do without Matt Jones, if Matt Jones is even not that long of a time? Leave your answer in the comment section. How do you think the Patriots do without Matt Jones? Tua Tungvaloa and Miami Dolphins are 3-0. And they're the second team in the NFL. It's 3-0. The other team, the person they beat out in college, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. That's crazy stuff right there. Jalen Hurts and the Eagles played pretty well last week. And Tua Tungvaloa and the Dolphins played pretty well against the Buffalo Bills. I'm not going to go too in-depth on that right now. I'm going to talk about let's talk about the Bills. But interesting wins. I'll explain why I think Dolphins win over the Bills was interesting later on in the headlines. But Tua does get a win. Moves 3-0 for the first time in his career. Tua Tungvaloa's rookie season didn't start until week 8. Tua Tungvaloa last season got hurt week 2 and didn't play for the next few weeks. And when Tua Tungvaloa did play for the Dolphins, they played pretty well. And since that moment where they beat the Ravens on Thursday Night Football, they're 10-1 since that moment. 10-1. Interesting stuff right there with the Miami Dolphins. Mike McDaniel looking like a genius so far. You know who was also looking like a genius? Trevor Lawrence and Doug Pearson and the Jacksonville Jaguars are but Okay, they tested an experiment with Trevor Lawrence last season. They said, let's bring in Urban Meyer, a successful college coach. This is an experiment. Let's see if it works. Well, the experiment failed, and it failed drastically. The floor, it went way below the floor. It went way below anything that anybody could have expected. But this season, they say, well, there's a head coach in the free agent pool. He won a Super Bowl. He developed the quarterback until they got injured, and he made the playoffs for most of his years. That coach was Doug Pierce. Doug Pearson got fired by the Eagles, but his worst season with the Eagles was his first season and his last season, the COVID season, where he made the decision to start Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts has been amazing so far with the Eagles. But Doug Pearson is the new head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. It wouldn't have worked out in Philly if they kept him. Nick Sirianni is an amazing head coach. I'm not describing that at all. They're 3-0, the second 3-0 team in the NFL. 
The Jaguars are 2-1, everybody, and they're tearing things up. They lost to Carson Wentz in the Commanders Week 1. Week 2, they slaughtered the Colts in Week 3. They beat up Chargers. Chargers got a lot of injuries right now. That's why I'm calling them beat up. But Trevor Lawrence, he did the Clemson thing, everybody. He played well. He's playing well right now. Interesting thing right there. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. How do you think Trevor Lawrence and Jaguars will fit this season? I think they're going to play pretty well. Steelers, everybody. They lost on Thursday Night Football. One word I got for you right here. One phrase I got for you right here. Fire Matt Canada. One of the worst offense coordinators in the NFL. You know where Matt Canada was before the Steelers? He was the Maryland interim head coach. A college football program that isn't very successful. They hired their interim head coach to be their offense coordinator. Mike Tomlin, what are you doing there? Matt Canada, fire him. It's not fully on Mitch Trubisky. It's on Matt Canada, in my opinion. Utilize your players better. Fire Matt Canada. That's the reason why they're struggling. Raiders are 0-3 right now. They're the only 0-3 team. In the entire NFL. No, they are not the worst team in the NFL. They should have won that game against the Cardinals. They should have won that game against the Titans. And that was a very winnable game week one against the Los Angeles Chargers. Is their season over? I don't think so. I bring it back to 2017 when the Chargers went 0-4 to start their season. And they ended up making the playoffs with Phillip Rivers. That's my thought right there. Raiders struggling right now. They'll get things on track. Let's merge to their AFC West rival, the Kansas City Chiefs, who lost to Indianapolis Colts. Eric Bieniemy is a horrible offense coordinator this season. Maybe always. When Eric Bieniemy didn't get a whole coaching position two offseasons ago, everybody was upset, saying Eric Bieniemy deserves to be an NFL head coach. He had a checkered past. I brought that up. He doesn't have the best playing caller decisions. I brought that up. He was mentored by Andy Reid. I also brought that up. LaShawn McCoy says Eric Bieniemy is a horrible offense coordinator. It's all Andy Reid's system. Nothing to do with Eric Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy likes to fight with players. We saw that with Patrick Mahomes. Interesting stuff right there. Chiefs 2-1 right now. It's going to be Eric Bieniemy's last season with the Chiefs. They announced that before the season. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. Will Eric Bieniemy become a head coach after this offseason? I really don't think so. We're just going to have to wait and see, but Chiefs did not play well. The Panthers there, everybody. They beat the Saints. Baker Mayfield gets things on track. Who I'm happy for Baker Mayfield there, everybody. What a win that was for Baker Mayfield. I mean, they got their first win of the season. They're 1-2. For James Winston, New Orleans Saints. Dennis Allen is a defensive head coach. And they let Baker Mayfield score on them. I'm not describing Baker Mayfield right there, but I'm just saying, Dennis Allen, this team has a lot of talent in that defensive line. They have DeMario Davis, that linebacker, and they have Cam Jordan, a defensive end. They got a good secondary. I don't know why they can't win football games with their defense. They've been struggling on defense. It's just interesting stuff right here. Jameis Winston has been struggling a little bit. Utilize Taysom Hill better. Utilize Jameis Winston more. And the biggest thing, utilize Alvin Kamara better. It will help you, and it will help my fantasy team. I throw that in right there. Saints struggling right now. Panthers got a great win. Rams played amazing against the Arizona Cardinals, everybody. Storyline continues. Sean McVay owns Cliff Kingsbury, and maybe Kyle Shanahan owns Sean McVay. We're going to have to wait and see that this season. Sean McVay is a losing record for Kyle Shanahan, and he's a very winnable record over Cliff Kingsbury. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. Rams got a big win over the Arizona Cardinals. On Sunday, Falcons, they also won their game. Marcus Mariota, is he a bust, everybody? He never really gets talked about as being a bust, but he won the Heisman. He was the number two overall pick. We love to shame James Winston as being a bust. Marcus Mariota lost his starting job to Ryan Tannehill. He didn't work out in Oakland or Las Vegas with the Raiders. And then he's worked not perfectly working out right now with Atlanta Falcons. He got a win, but interesting stuff right there with Marcus Mariota. Do you think if he has a successful season, we could not call him bust anymore? Leave your answer in the comment section. Let's move to the last thing. The Giants, everybody. Who I'm happy about this. My New York Giants lost, but I'm showing improvement. We're 2-1 in the season. We're almost the last one of the last three undefeated teams in the NFL. Daniel Jones has been playing amazing, everybody. He can run the ball well. He's so strong. He can run the ball well. Saquon Barkley can run the ball well. Defense played pretty well. Sterling Shepard towards the ACL, and I'm so upset about that. 
But the one takeaway I have, the offensive line needs to be better. Andrew Thomas, who would have hit that pick was? Andrew Thomas' rookie season, everybody was saying, why didn't they take Tristan Wirfs? And maybe right now you can still say, why didn't they take Tristan Wirfs? But Tristan Wirfs is injured right now. Andrew Thomas is not. Andrew Thomas is looking like a pro bowler. And Tristan Wirfs this season obviously isn't going to be a pro bowler. So yeah, Andrew Thomas playing really, really well. Giants playing pretty well. Get that run game going. You're going to win a lot of games. They play the Bears this week, and they're going to get a win. We're going to pick down Squared Sports Game Day, but Giants get a win over the Bears this week. Let's go to MLB for the last part of the headlines. Albert Pujols cracks his 700th home run of his career. He hit two in the same game against the Los Angeles Dodgers. Dave Roberts jumped out of his seat, got happy for a second, and realized, oh, it's against my team. We're going to lose this game now, which then ended up losing. Congrats to Albert Pujols. That's amazing stuff right there. Aaron Judge stuck at 60 right now. Will he get 62? Leave your answer in the comment section. And the Mets, everybody. Mets, I really thought they should have swept the Oakland Athletics, but Jacob DeGrom had the worst start of his career, you could say. Interesting stuff there. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. That's about for the headlines this week. Now, Square Sports Game Day, everybody. If you're a new listener, Squared Sports Game Day is where I pick the games of the week in the NFL. Let's hop into it. First pick, we're going to go with perfect record this week, no doubt about it. Dolphins versus Bengals. The rematch of Tua Tagovailoa versus Joe Burrow. The rematch of Jalen Waddle versus Jamar Chase. Get your popcorn ready. Bengals are going to all-white uniforms. People forget. The Bengals made the Super Bowl last season. The Dolphins didn't make the playoffs. Trends continue. Bengals win this game over the Dolphins. Dolphins, I'm sorry, Tua Tagovailoa, you struggle right here. Give me the Bengals over Dolphins. Dolphins will still make the playoffs this season. Mike McDaniel gets handed his first career loss to Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals get the win over the Dolphins on Thursday Night Football. Bears versus Giants. I already gave my pick. Giants get the win over the Bears. Justin Fields threw three games. He's the only starting quarterback in NFL history through three games to have 295 yards. He's the least amount of passing yards for starting quarterback in their first three games of the NFL season. The least amount. That's embarrassing. That's embarrassing to Matt Eberflus. That's embarrassing to the entire Chicago Bears organization. Giants get the win. Give me Daniel Jones. Give me Saquon Barkley. Tearing things up in Chicago. Now, Jaguars versus Eagles. I got the Eagles win this one. Jaguars been playing well as of late. It's Doug Pearson's return to Philadelphia. Pumped the brakes a little bit. I know I've pumped them up a little bit right there in the headlines. But I got the Eagles win this one. Jalen Hurts and the Eagles move to 4-0, remaining the only on-field team in the NFL. Jets versus Steelers. I've picked the Steelers every single week of the season, except for week one. I had the Steelers winning versus the Patriots, which they lost. And I had the Steelers winning versus the Browns, which they also lost. But this week, they're playing the Jets. Is Zach Wilson's first game of the season. But no, they don't win. Zach Wilson's second year campaign starts out with a loss. Give me the Steelers over the Jets. Mad Canada, please be fired after this game if you lose. Mitchell Trubisky, please don't be the starting quarterback of this team if you lose. But I think they win this one. I think Matt Canada keeps his job for at least one more game. Mr. Trubisky keeps his job for at least one more game. Let's move on to the next game. Bills versus Ravens. This is a showdown, everybody. So on Sunday, it's going to be a noon kickoff. But you see this right here. The Ravens absolutely got torched by Tua Tagovailoa. They had a horrible secondary. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs will absolutely torch this Ravens defense. I think they play well in this one. Giving the Bills bouncing back after a tough game last week against the Miami Dolphins. Bills won this one over Miami Dolphins. The thing with the Bills last week was Josh Allen made some mistakes in there, but I think he's a great quarterback here at play. I think the Dolphins, it was amazing for them, the conditions. They're playing in their home stadium, which doesn't have the most fans, but they were used to that Miami, Florida heat, playing in that tough stuff. Now, they haven't had to do any game this year, but in practice, they do it all the time. 
Buffalo Bills had so much fatigue, so many fatigue issues in that game, so many just stamina issues. That's why I think the Bills lost. But I think they get back on track right here, beating the Baltimore Ravens. In Baltimore, I think the Bills win this one. Next game, Patriots versus Packers. Mac Jones isn't playing in this one, everybody, despite what Bill Belichick wants to think. Brian Hoard is playing this one. If you don't think this Packers defense torches Brian Hoard, if you don't think Aaron Rodgers torches this Patriots defense, you're blatantly really wrong. Give me the Packers over the Patriots in this one. Broncos versus Raiders. Raiders win this one. Broncos have been struggling in offense so far. They got that really close win over the 49ers. Defense has been well, but not the offense. I think the Raiders finally get their first one of the season over the Denver Broncos. Chiefs versus Buccaneers. The Buccaneers won this one, everybody. The Chiefs struggled last week against the Indianapolis Colts. Eric Bieniemy had some issues. Their defense had some issues against Matt Ryan. Now it's Tom Brady. Mike Evans is back. Russell Gage played well last week. That's a bright spot for them. He can start for them now. He had that game-tying touchdown eventually until that two-point conversion, which they couldn't get. So maybe a game-saving touchdown, and then they couldn't get a two-point conversion. But anyways, Russell Gage played well last week. They ran the ball well last week. And again, Mike Evans back this week. I got them winning in Tampa. Over. Kansas City Chiefs, Rams versus 49ers, Monday Night Football. Like I said, Kyle Shanahan owns Sean McVay career-wise. But I think the Rams get back on track right here. Rams get the win over the 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo, oh, I hate to see it. I really thought this run would work. But no, it hasn't so far. They lost to the Denver Broncos. Tough to see right there. Pretty much all on Jimmy Garoppolo. Dan Orlovsky can live in peace not being the only one to walk out of his own end zone to get safety. So yeah, I think got the Rams will win this one on Monday Night Football. Rams play well. Matthew Stafford plays well. They run the ball well. Let me thoughts in the comment section. That's Power for Squared Sports Game this week. So a lot of people have been giving out their list of the top 100 players in the NBA, top 10 players in the NBA, top 5 players in the NBA. Well, this is the top 5 segment right here. I got my top 5 players in the NBA so far into the 2022 NBA season. This is not all time. If this was all time, Kevin Durant would be here. LeBron James would be number one. All these players would be on here. But this is going into the 2022 NBA season. Who are the top 5 players in the NBA? Let's hop into it. I gotta give an honorable mention. I gotta give LeBron James his respect. If you could say, how is LeBron James not a top five NBA player? We played amazing last season, and I'm agreeing with you on this one. LeBron James probably is a top five NBA player, but I don't know if I can put him over some of these guys in this list. He only played 52 games last season, and in those 52 games, oh, is he magnificent. He would've won MVP if he played all 82, in my opinion. He would've won it over Nikola Jokic, who's on this list. Let's hop into it. Auburn Munchen, LeBron James. Number five. Jason Tatum, you can say, how is Jason Tatum on this list over LeBron James? He lost in the finals. He brought them to the finals. Let me say that right there. He was injured in the finals. He won them that series against the Miami Heat. He played amazing. Jason Tatum is an amazing NBA player. He's the fifth best player in the NBA. Don't dispute me on that. It's a big season for him. That's head coach Imo Odaka. Big season. Jason Tatum, number five. Number four, Luka Doncic, oh, the European, number 77. He's played well so far. In his NBA career, he almost won MVP last year. He made All-NBA first team. He's the, maybe the best shooting guard in the whole entire NBA. Give me Luka Doncic, number four. Number three, you can't dispute it, everybody. This guy's the back-to-back -back MVP. It's kind of ridiculous if he's not number one, but I'm putting him at number three. Nikola Jokic, everybody. The back-to-back -back MVP, the Serbian. Put him at number three. No disputing it. Maybe LeBron James is a better talented player than him. Maybe... Jason Tatum's more talented. Maybe Devin Booker. Maybe Kevin Durant. Maybe James Harden's more talented. Nikola Jokic. But Nikola Jokic has skill. He can pass the ball well. I've never seen a seven-footer, a center, pass this well, shoot this well, run this well. Nikola Jokic, number three. The back-to-back -back MVP gets his respect from me. 
Number two, Stephen Curry, everybody. Curry, everybody, is number one for me. Steph Curry is just amazing. Steph Curry won the NBA championship last season. His fourth NBA championship, tying LeBron James. Fourth, tying LeBron James. He won in 2015, he won in 2017, won it in 2018, and won it this year. Steph Curry played without Kevin Durant for the first time, winning a championship since 2015. He mostly played without Klay Thompson for most of the season. Steph Curry won them the NBA championship last season. He's an amazing player. You can't dispute for me. He's the greatest three-point shooter of all time. One of the greatest passes of all time. Steph Curry, number two. And number one, the Greek Freak. He's won an NBA championship. He's won a back-to-back MVP. He's been on the All-NBA first team. It's Giannis Antetokounmpo, everybody. No disputing it. I'm not even going to talk about this one. Giannis Antetokounmpo, number one for me. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. That's my, for my top five. Now, I didn't know your episode, 93, fun fact. Did you know? 34% of the NFL starting quarterbacks on Sunday, 11 out of 32 starting quarterbacks on Sunday were transfers in college. That's a ridiculous number out there. But the thing that's more ridiculous is that nine of these quarterbacks didn't have the transfer portal when it existed. That's kind of crazy to me right there. A lot of these quarterbacks did not have the transfer portal. Now, with the transfer portal, we're going to see even more starting quarterbacks in the NFL who were transfers. Jacoby Brissett was a transfer. Kyler Murray was a transfer. Joe Flacco was a transfer. All these guys didn't enter the transfer portal. They transferred naturally. Where it wasn't that big of a thing to transfer, it wasn't that common. Now it is. Jalen Hurts was really the first guy to enter the transfer portal. He went to Oklahoma. But yeah, it's kind of crazy to me in this right now, in this day of age, how common transfers are. Will Levis might be the number one pick come 2023 in April. NFL draft. He might be the number one overall pick. He transferred from Penn State where he got no playing time over to Kentucky, where he's been playing pretty amazing. They have a tough game this week against Ole Miss. That will decide his NFL draft stock, in my opinion. If he plays amazing, he could shoot number one. If he plays terrible, he could shoot down number five. That's my opinion right there. It's kind of crazy. Didn't know that. 11 out of 32 quarterbacks starting on Sundays are transfers. 34%. Didn't know that. Leave that in the comment section. That's powerful. Didn't know this week. You know what it is, everybody? Schoolyard Sports Scream. You wonder, who am I screaming on this week? It's Mel Tucker, head coach of the lousy Michigan State Sports. They're 2-2 two two to start the season. I'm so happy as a Michigan fan to see that. Last season, well, last season they had a good season. They had 12 wins, or was 11 wins. They won 10-2 in the regular season, and then they won their ball game against Pitt, so 11 wins. They had lost to Purdue and Ohio State, where they got slaughtered by Ohio State. But hey! They beat my Michigan Wolverines last year. They won the Paul Bunyan Trophy. They kept Paul. We're bringing him back this year, though. But who I'm screaming on is Mel Tucker, everybody. Mel Tucker is ridiculously overrated. 20-16 and 16 college record. 20-16. and 16. 20 wins, 16 losses. You could say it's not that good. Maybe for a, a regular Power 5 coach, not of a top program in the Big Ten, that's okay. But when you see he's making $95 million on his contract, $95 million over 10 years, that's the highest paid coach in college football. At least at the time it was. I think now it's Nick Saban. But at the time, he was the highest paid coach in college football, Mel Tucker. That is ridiculous to me. He's 20 and 16. He runs when he faces adversity. At Colorado, he had a bad first season. Oh, what does he do? He goes over to Michigan State. He said, I love the consideration for Michigan State, but I'm not going to go there. What happens? Three days later, boom, he's hired. He's making a press conference and he's slancing. It's ridiculous. He's a liar. He's not a good college football coach. He's this defensive guru, always great with the cornerbacks. 2019 in Colorado, 
52nd best secondary. I think that was going off total defense, actually. 52nd best total defense. Okay, not that bad. First season at a new program. 2020 at Michigan State, 101 in total defense. 2021, the season they had 11 wins. Dead last. In all of college football, that's behind teams like UConn, Hawaii, Utah, these terrible college football programs, and total secondary passing yards given up a game. They were dead last. And this guy still got his $95 million extension. This is unfathoming me. It's ridiculous. Mel Tucker, not a good college football coach. Come at Jim Harbaugh. Mel Tucker won coach of the year in the Big Ten last year over Jim Harbaugh. Yes, Jim Harbaugh won national coach of the year. But Mel Tucker and Jim Harbaugh had the same record in 2020. Two wins, and I think Mel Tucker actually had more losses because they played more games than Michigan did. Mel Tucker and Jim Harbaugh both had two wins in 2020, and Jim Harbaugh had 12 wins in 2021 and made the college football playoff, while Michigan State was winning the Peach Bowl. Interesting stuff there. A disgrace that Mel Tucker is being paid this. I guarantee you that Mel Tucker never wins a game against Michigan ever again. Ever again. He's got a horrible quarterback in Peyton Thorne. You got to bench him. I compare a situation to Mark Mangino in 2007 at Kansas. Kansas, not the highest-ranked college football program. They had a great 2007 season. They won their bowl game. They did amazing. Next season, they're terrible. Next season after that, they're terrible. Going to the preseason in 2007, they had no expectations. Mel Tucker and Michigan State in 21, going to the season, no expectations. They played great. Now, this season, they're absolutely horrible. Is that because they lost Kenneth Walker? I don't know. But you brought on two really good running backs, and you can't run the ball with them at all. Jarek Broussard and Jalen Berger, I apologize to you two. This is not about you. This is not, I'm apologizing Payton Thorne right here. I did not mean to come at you like that. This is all on Mel Tucker, your head coach. All on Mel Tucker. What are you going to do, Michigan State? Love to see you as a Michigan fan. Love to see it. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. That's about for Squirt Sports Scream. So now, what lane would I take? This week, the lane I would take is in college football. We're still going to stick with college football. A football program the SEC that historically is amazing. It's Auburn, everybody. They have Brian Harson as their college football head coach. There's a report Bruce Feldman put out on Saturday morning saying that if they lost to Missouri, Brian Harson would have lost his job. So if you're telling me if that Missouri kicker made that chip shot kick, Brian Harson is no longer the head coach in college football. But you're telling me since he missed it, Brian Harson still is. So yeah, Auburn having a lot of issues right now. And I think the issue that they need to fix most is the head coach, obviously, which I just talked about. But I think the person to fix that issue, the perfect head coach for them. When they fired Gus Malzahn, they were really put in a tough scenario. There were not many coaches out there willing to go to Auburn. They went to Mario Cristobal. He said no. They went to Boise State and picked up Brian Harson. Okay, that's fine. Now, I think they fire Brian Harson after the season, which is going to happen. It's the inevitable. It's going to happen. Brian Harson will be fired. I think the coach that comes in, replaces him, is Deion Sanders, everybody. Now, I'm not the type of guy who thinks Deion Sanders is, oh, this amazing game planner. You can build around that. You can get a good offense coordinator. You can get a good defense coordinator. The main thing for Auburn is, you want to be the best in the SEC? You want to be best in the country? Who do you got to deal with on a yearly basis? Georgia and Alabama. Kirby Smart and Nick Saban, the two best recruiters in college football. I'll put Jimbo Fisher up there at number three. You got to deal with all those three teams year in, year out. The person who can compete with all those three guys, the best, Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders went out, got the number one recruit in the country to flip from Florida State, not go to Georgia, not go to Auburn, who's in his top three, to go to FCS school, to go to Jackson State, number one recruit in the country. If Deion Sanders goes over to Auburn, he would take Travis Hunter with him. 
He would take his son, Shadur Sanders, with him, who is an outstanding college football quarterback. He's going to leave Jackson State at one point. It's not going to be for Georgia Tech. It's not going to be for Arizona State. It's going to be for the Auburn Tigers. It's going to happen. Do it, Auburn. Don't back down this. This is the best scenario. The guy who can compete with Kirby, with Jimbo, with Nick, is Deion Sanders. That's my take. Leave us in the comment section. That's about for what lane would I take this week. Now, College Football Showcase, everybody. Our college football news round. Now we do it. I start out with my top 25, and I give you my games of the week. Let's hop out to my top 25. Number one, Georgia Bulldogs. Number two, Alabama Crimson Roll Tide. Number three, Ohio State Buckeyes. Number four, the Michigan Wolverines. Number five, USC Trojans. Number six, the Clemson Tigers. Number seven, the Tennessee Volunteers. Number eight, North Carolina State, the Wolfpack at number eight. Number nine, Penn State, I got the Nittany Lions checking in there at number nine. And number 10, Kentucky Wildcats. Number 11, Texas A&M, the Aggies. Okay, they've been playing really, really well. It's late. We're going to break it down later. Texas A&M, number 11. Number 12, Ole Miss. Rebels playing great. They got a good matchup against Kentucky this week. Number 13, Oklahoma. Sooners, tough loss to Kansas State last week. Number 14, Arkansas. Number 15, Baylor. Number 16, Oregon. Number 17, BYU with the Cougars. Number 18, Minnesota. Number 19, Washington. Number 20, Florida State. Number 21, Utah. Number 22, Kansas State. Go Wildcats. Number 23, Oklahoma State. Number 24, Kansas. Rock Truck, Jayhawk. And number 25, the UCLA Bruins, everybody. Let's break it down. Let's start out from the top. Georgia, number one. No dispute there. Alabama, number two. Ohio State, number three. A debate for number four, but I'm biased. I'm a Michigan Wolverines fan. I'm going to admit that right there. Michigan's number four. Clemson, number five. They gave up 45 points to Wake Forest. That was a very losable game for them. They almost lost to Georgia Tech at the beginning of the season. They played tough against Louisiana Tech. So I'm not putting them at number four. I'm putting them at number five. USC, number six. What a gritty win that was against Oregon State. The body language of Caleb Williams, though, I did not like. Not the body language of a championship winning quarterback after a win. A quarterback should always be happy after a win. J.J. McCarthy played pretty terrible against Maryland, but he's still very, very happy. He still made some plays down the way. He still has good body language. Caleb Williams needs to develop that hard play. So I got USC at number five. Number eight, North Carolina State. They got a tough matchup against Clubs this week. We're going to pick it later. It's the game of the week. Number 14 was Arkansas. Arkansas had a tough loss to Texas A&M. But they can redeem it this week with a great game against Alabama. Number 18 was Minnesota. Row the boat. Yeah, it's for real there. Row the boat. P.J. Flex got them going. Row the boat. Number 18, Minnesota. Great running back in Moe Raheem. Tanner Morgan in his sixth year at Minnesota. And number 22, Kansas State. I had Kansas State in my top 25 in the preseason every week up until they lost to Tulane. And then they lose to Oklahoma. And then they beat Oklahoma. If they didn't lose to Tulane, they beat Oklahoma. They would probably be in my top 12 teams in college football right now. But they didn't. They lost to Tulane. And number 25, UCLA. UCLA, they have a good matchup on Friday night against Washington. You're going to have to wait to see my pick on that in a minute. But UCLA... Things going wrong right there right now. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, eight touchdowns, one interception in the season. It seems like they're playing so terrible. Eight touchdowns, one interception? That's pretty good out of the fourth-year starter. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, UCLA, number 25. That's about for my top 25. Let's hop into the games of the week. Coming up. up. Now, the games of the week in college football. Week five. Now, if you're an amazing follower of the Squared Sports Podcast, you follow the Squared Sports Instagram. 
and I do it every single week. I do my college football hot takes. I do six a week, and we go six and six every week. I wish. We still do very, very well in the hot takes, though. I mean, this year I had App State coming close with Texas A&M. I had Washington State beating Wisconsin, and I had Oregon being BYU. A lot of other great hot takes, Florida being Utah in there. So a lot of great hot takes that I've had, but I thought, let's bring that to the actual episode and post on Instagram on Saturday mornings. So here are my hot takes, and I'll give the pick for my game of the week. North Carolina State versus Clemson. Hot takes, though. Friday night action. UCLA versus Washington. Michael Pankster Jr. Amazing quarterback. This is in the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. They have no fans, usually. But this is a night game. Maybe those fans get out. This is a really good matchup. A top 25 matchup for me. Dorian Thompson Robinson. Zach Charbonnet. Roll over the Washington Huskies. I'm sorry, Michael Pankster I'm sorry, Nick Sheridan. I'm sorry, Kalen DeBoer. You get your first crew loss at Washington State. Yeah. This UCLA Bruins team is for real. They may have only beat South Alabama by one point. They may have only beat Colorado by under 45 points. But I think this is a good team in my opinion. I got UCLA beating Washington, cementing their way into the top 15 in my college football rankings this week. Alabama versus Arkansas. People forget Arkansas last season versus Alabama up in Bryant-Denny Stadium. One possession game. This year, it's in Fayetteville, Arkansas. They are, it's a dangerous place to play in Fayetteville, Arkansas. They beat Cincinnati week one. They're a really good Cincinnati team. And now they're playing Alabama. I think they cut it close to Alabama. It's a 17 and a half point spread right now. And I don't, we don't do betting that much on the show. But that's a lot of points I play. I get Alabama cutting it close with Arkansas, just like they did with Texas. Alabama cuts close with Arkansas. Kansas versus Iowa State. Iowa State isn't the most perfect team in college football. They lost to Baylor last week, which I picked. On the hot takes, they were favor versus Baylor on the hot takes. And I said, oh, Baylor demolishes Iowa State in this one, which they did. Kansas versus Iowa State. So Duke is a very good football team, in my opinion. And Kansas ran the ball all over them, all game. Jalen Daniels is a Heisman contender. They can run the ball so well. Lance Leipold is a front runner for head coach of the year in college football. Kansas rolls 5-0. Rock Chuck. Jayhawk. I picked them to win an NCAA championship in basketball. Hey, maybe they do in college football. I doubt it, but they moved to Fino. Jalen Daniels, really good quarterback. Started his legacy last year against Texas. Cements it this year. Texas A&M versus Mississippi State. Mississippi State, tough place to play. Starkville, Mississippi. But they're favored right now over Texas A&M. Texas A&M is on a roll. Two wins over consecutive top 25 teams. They beat a top 10 team week three against Miami, and then they beat a top 25 team week four against Arkansas. Back-to-back wins against top 25 teams. Keep it moving. Max Johnson, undefeated Texas A&M starting quarterback. Max Johnson, a really good starting quarterback. They get the win over Mississippi State in this one. Ole Miss over Kentucky. There's my hot take right here. Ole Miss beats down Kentucky and Michigan beats down Iowa. So two teams that get beat down this week crush these two teams. I think Michigan crushes Iowa. Iowa's not a good football team. Yes, they have the best defense in college football. No offense. Whatsoever. J.J. McCarthy gets it going, in my opinion. The defense gets it going. Picking off Spencer Petros a lot. I would be devastated if we lost this game, but I don't think we lose it. And I think Ole Miss just stomps on Kentucky. I'm sorry, Will Levis. I know I hyped you up a little bit earlier in the episode, but Will Levis, you're a good quarterback still. Ole Miss, though, can run the ball so well. Zach Evans, who we all love to talk about, is the other running back who's leading them in rushing right now. They can run the ball so well. Lane Kiffin can drop some great plays. Jackson Dart, get things going. On the hot takes on Instagram last week, I said, watch it, Ole Miss versus Tulsa, close game. Ole Miss won by eight points. Exactly what happened, like I predicted. You guys, stay tuned to these hot takes, everybody. Ole Miss beats down Kentucky, and Michigan beats down Iowa. Ole Miss needed that close game last week. Michigan needed that close game last week. 
I got them winning this one. Interesting thing right here. Michigan's first three games last season, beatdowns, all amazing wins. Michigan's first three games this season, beatdowns, all great wins. Week four against an inferior Big Ten opponent last year, they win 2013. This year, they win 34-27. The next week, they played Wisconsin, where they weren't favored. They were going to a very hostile environment, and they steamrolled them. This year, they're going to a hostile environment, and it's an unranked Big Ten team, but still a good Big Ten team. And I think they steamrolled them. That's part of the hot takes. Now, the game of the week. North Carolina State versus Clemson. Devin Lear, you're a good quarterback, but you are not NFL quarterback first-round worthy, in my opinion. DJU, are you first-round quarterback worthy? That's what's got proved right here. We all love to talk about, oh, Bryce Young for Heisman. Bryce Young for this. CJ Stroud for this. Will Levis for this. What if DJU gets his name called first in 2023 in the NFL draft in April? Just saying. So, yeah. I think Clemson wins this game. DJU played amazing last week against a Wake Forest. They ran the ball well. The defense scares me. That's what scares me. I think they win this one 31-27. Go Tigers. I know that's not the way Clemson says it. That's the way LSU says it. But we'll do it right there. Go Tigers. Clemson over the Wolfpack in North Carolina State. Give me Clemson. That's about the College Ball Showcase. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. Now, the best to last, question day. This week's question day is, will Aaron Judge reach 62 and break Roger Maris' record for all-time home runs? He's at 60 right now. He needs one more to tie it, and he needs one more to break the all-time record. Do you think he can do it? Leave your answer in the comment section. It's all-time record for the Yankees and for the AL, but a lot of people like to think it's the all-time record for all time. That's another question to put out there. What do you think is the true most home runs this season? Barry Bonds was on steroids when he hit 73. Mark McGuire was on steroids when he hit 65+. plus. Roger Maris, really the only true one. The family said, oh yeah, it's the greatest record. We think that's the most. We want Aaron Judge to break the most. They're at 61 right now, Roger Maris. Aaron Judge can tie it, and they can get one more. Do you think Aaron Judge gets 62? Is the all-time AL league home run leader, and maybe the disputed all-time home run leader. Do you think he'll do that? Leave your answer in the comment section. That's Power of Question Day this week. That's Power of Squared Sports Lane, Frank Epsomer 93. Thank you for tuning in. Follow Squared Sports on Instagram, at Squared Sports. Follow Squared Sports on Twitter, at Squared Sports. Follow Squared Sports on TikTok at Squared Sports. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review for the best sports content in the world. We'll be back here next week. Episode 94. Stay tuned.